Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Steven Gerrard is back in the Premier League. International football returns, as does another manager banning ketchup. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday, the 11th of November. I'm Jules Bree. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. Welcome along to the Ramble, ladies and gentlemen. Jim, Andy, good to see you both on the day where Steven Gerrard has been confirmed as the new Aston Villa boss on a two and a half year deal. He is back in the Premier League, baby. I am I'm happy to see him back, Jim. Yeah. You love him, don't I you? I love you, me, one of your my favorite Stevie ever players. G. He is. It's just good to see him back managing in the Premier League. We knew that this would well, not back in the Premier League managing, in the Premier League managing for the first time because we always knew this was going to happen one day. Mm. And, you know, we talked about this a lot yesterday, Andy. And mm. we were saying that he looked like the favourite to get the Villa job. And now it's been confirmed. They've moved pretty quickly, haven't they? They have. Yeah, they have. Because, I mean, yes, this time yesterday when we were recording, as far as we were aware, he hadn't been in any talks yet. So it's happened very quickly. Well, that's, that's the thing. I, th- I think we sort of assume sometimes that clubs, if they're going to sack a coach, they must have something else up their sleeve. Far too often they don't. Mm. Mm. But Villa clearly did. It's something that they've been looking at for a while. I think there's something quite pleasing about the Gerard Ullier lineage from 
Liverpool, Aston Villa, and that's something that obviously will be in, in Gerard's mind as well. But I think, given their ambition, given his ambition, and I know everyone's talking about it being an intermediate step to Liverpool, and I, I suspect that will drive Villa fans absolutely mad over the yeah. next little while. You said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think I think you have to look at the the here and now, as, as you do with, with, with any coaching appointment, because they're all transient. I think you look at a club that's super ambitious, that has a very talented squad, and someone who's massively keen to prove himself in the Premier League. I, I think it looks mm. like a great club. Also someone who's coming from success as well. Yes. You know, it was a smart move from Gerard to do what he did, to go and, you know, gain experience in a league that he, you know, with respect to it, had a had a decent chance of having a crack at. And also you know, to get Rangers back at the top of the summit is a massive, massive thing after everything huge. they've been through. So it's a, mm. it was a, a huge, huge achievement that perhaps wasn't that simple. He backed himself to go and do it and there's some real pedigree there. He's like, it's really the the quickest way he could have picked up that much pedigree yeah. like, with what was available to him. So it's going to be a really interesting kind of, you know, test of his abilities, especially because, you know, this Villa squad is a lot better than the results they've been putting in. So than the performances they've been putting in as well. So there's a lot of stuff to work with there. And obviously they've, I think we've said it before, coming, coming off the back of being based around Jack Grealish for four or five seasons, recalibrating that is really, really difficult. So perhaps it's going to take a new manager to do it, to, mm. to, to summarise what he's got and what's the best way to get those parts like moving together efficiently. I'm, I'm interested. I know some Villa fans are a little bit underwhelmed by it. Um, really? Yeah. That surprises me. Yeah, well, I say some. I mean one. <laughs> of, Which of one? The, of the two one I know. One of your friends. <laughs> My friend Patrick Lappin is particularly on, underwhelmed Patrick. by it. I know. Be excited by So this. you're talking yeah. about 50% of Villa fans. 50% of the poll I've done of two <laughs> Villa fans is underwhelmed. But um, I, I, I think it's intriguing. I think it's, it's going to be a real... It's it's funny to when there's a new young English manager, you you, you wonder are they going to go on and be someone really really kind of um, innovative? Are they going to be someone who who actually, you know, is 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 contesting in Europe and is because mm. I think we're still That's waiting it. we're still waiting for an English manager to win the Premier League, right? So every time someone comes through and they're, they're young and dynamic, you think could this be the guy who goes and does it, or will they go and be you know will they be Steve Bruce in ten years? You know, mm. will they be? Peter Reid 20 years ago it's, it's, it's fascinating I this think, juncture yeah I think it's a really interesting a really interesting point that you make there about you know there, there may be more than one who's underwhelmed by this not just Patrick I'm sure um, you said Patrick right yeah mm-hmm. uh, not just Patrick um, but I, I think that this is quite an exciting time because as you say Jim this is a this is a brand new opportunity and I don't think that it should be underestimated what Stephen Gerrard did at Rangers mm. you know there will be a lot of English football fans who don't watch any Scottish football that have never bothered to watch the Scottish Premiership. And that's absolutely fine. But what he did at Rangers was quite extraordinary. Mm. You know, as you say, they were they were on the decline and he has brought them back to the top of the Scottish Premiership, won them titles, got them into Europe. Unbeaten season. Unbeaten season, which is unbelievable. Um, and look, I feel like this, he comes to Aston Villa with success, with the the with the the experience of knowing what it's like to win and he comes with so much passion and he really wants to make this work this was his statement by the way he says Aston Villa is a club with a rich history and tradition in English football I'm immensely proud to become its new head coach in my conversations with Nassif Wes and the rest of the board it was apparent how ambition ambitious their plans are for the club and I'm looking forward to helping them achieve their aims and we talked 
a bit about this yesterday, didn't we, Andy? That, you know, coming into this season and, and last season, we spoke about Aston Villa as a club that could potentially get into Europe mm. or one of the ones that were at least on the fringes of pushing for a European place outside of the traditional top six or eight. And now that will probably be what Aston Villa's aims are after, you know, maybe stabilising themselves this season because it's not gone too well. well. I could still go and win the cup, couldn't 100%. I? 100%. Mean, and, yeah. and, you know, I think that having a manager like Steven Gerrard who comes with all that Premier League experience, all of that experience as a winning manager in Scotland, plus the passion. And I just think he can bring a lot to this team and get them playing together again. I agree. And I think the form of Rangers in Europe where they've been really, really impressive and, you know, their, their budget is minuscule compared to Aston Villa's. You know, there's no getting around that despite the size of the club. Um, it, it's been really impressive. Like I said yesterday, they've been really, really good on the whole in Europe. They've come up a little short this season. And to get a Scottish club in this day and age to perform well in Europe against quality opposition is not to be underrated. Yeah, it feels like when, a throwback, doesn't it? Yeah, in, when, a, in a good way. When you look at the resources when, of, of, of the other teams, it's really, really impressive. And, you know, they've, they've matched some excellent teams over, over the last couple of years. And, and as you say, Jules, that is the sort of level that Villa are, are, are pitching themselves at, aiming to, to go deep into the Europa League when they can next get into it. So, yeah. I think as well, his playing career is fresh enough in everyone's minds that you would really want to impress Gerard as a player. And you would, you know, you, you, we, we as, as outsiders looking in think, well, you should always want to impress your manager. You should always be given 100%, blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't work that way, does it? We know that it doesn't actually work like that in practice. But I think with, with someone of the status of Gerard coming in, you'd be like, all right, I want to, I, I just... I want him to pick me. You know, I want, I want his approval. Mm, I'd want him to like me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few fans are pointing out on Twitter, which I thought was quite amusing, that the two and a half year deal at Villa does take him to exactly the same end time as Jurgen Klopp's yeah. contract. This, I mean, this is, is, is going to run through his whole <laughs> Villa career, isn't it? Oh, do do you think bad. this could be the first um, Bundesliga style managerial move where it's, before it's the like, season's over? Yeah, it's yeah. announced like three months before <laughs> the season yeah, yeah, finishes. Yeah. And sticking with Liverpool, by the way, a bit of news yesterday Michael Edwards. Um, announced that he's going to be leaving Liverpool at the end of this season as their sporting director. Um, it would have been 10 years at the club from this month, I think. Um, he started Liverpool's uh, data-led approach, didn't he, Andy, to mm. decision-making and recruitment. And my God, has he done a phenomenal job. I mean, taking them to the Premier League title, Champions League win. There have been so many incredible signings, but that's just the surface, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think... You look at how Liverpool have changed as a club in that decade, and he's he's been a huge part of that. And I think we, we've talked for ages and ages about how English football or you know English football's community might come to a point where it accepts sporting directors. Um, I, th I think he's a big step in that because he's not he's not a celebrity sporting director. Mm. He's he's not a Monchi. He's not even a Pantaleo Corvino. He's someone who's quite. Low profile. I mean, out we, of the we, spotlight completely. Yeah, we, we talked about that, didn't we? When you saw the little photo of uh, that accompanied the news stories about it with him and Jurgen Klopp and someone else is in it. You you were saying to me, Jules, that Sky had to point out which yeah. one it is. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know a lot of people who knew what he looked like. No, no, absolutely. But beforehand, and that shows you everything that he did behind the scenes really was behind the scenes. It's quite a light touch. I think you, you look at the signings. You look at the fact that. Um, as as well, I mean, it's, I suppose it's kind of worked well for FSG. It's, it's something that 
more recently, a lot of Liverpool fans have criticised them for maybe not spending enough money, particularly last summer. I know that's quite a subject of de- debate amongst amongst Liverpool fans. And he's done such a good job helping to getting players who can be developed that, of course, they've they've made a lot of money and they've they've, they've not they spent have. a lot of their own money. When you think of the profits for Suarez, the profits for Coutinho in, in particular, who was one of their first major signings, signed him for 8.5 and sold him for all the money in the world. I mean, it's an absolute, yeah, that's ridiculous business, it's, isn't it's it? It's one of the, I would argue that's one of the best bits of business in history. Ever. Because they bought Virgil van Dijk and Alisson with that money. And they and sold that... him exactly when they wanted to as well. Yeah. Not when they were pressured to. Mm. They held off a window and, and, and then did that, which I, I think says a lot about the, 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 the structure of the club. But what, what they also did, Andy, sorry, in that transfer, is they included a clause that meant if Barcelona tried to sign another of their players, if they succeeded in doing so, they would have to pay a massive premium on top. So if they came back in for Salah or whoever, it would have cost them an extra X amount of money, which obviously makes that far less attractive and mm. protects them against that in future. That is a genius piece of, wow, piece of work. That. Yeah, so it's, it's amazing. And I think we have to give Liverpool credit as well because they stuck with him when they had that sticky summer post Suarez of, of, mm. of 2014 where it was a really unsuccessful window. And I think that's a tricky thing, you know, with, with a sporting director realising it is about continuity. And if, if they have a bad window, it can happen. Mm. And obviously they had what, Lazar Markovic, um, Balotelli notably in that window when they were trying to replace Suarez and didn't manage to replace him very well. And I think to to ride that out was something that's obviously borne fruit and it's massively helped Jurgen Klopp because the, the, the two have really worked well together. But they've, they've created such a good infrastructure there and Edwards has created such a good infrastructure around him that they've, they've, they've got the replacement already in, in Julian Ward. So it, it mm. feels like there'll be continuity, continuity in Liverpool. Yeah, keep going in yeah. the same direction. And also as well, I mean, they got, what was it, 15 million for Jordan Ibe, over 20 million for Rian Brewster, same for Dominic Solanke. It's incredible. None of those players have pulled trees up, have they? I mean, mm. the, the return, the goal return from, from all of them is, is so low. It's like, it's, it's amazing business. And in the modern day, if you're not backed by a, essentially a state, you need to work so, so cleverly with the resources you have. And, and yeah. they've done that. And as you say, I'm really interested in, in, in what you mentioned earlier, Andy, with the idea of the sporting director slash technical director. It's interesting. They all seem to have slightly different I names know. that mean What's the same the thing. Yeah, it's um, the same thing, right? I think it's yeah. kind of almost deliberately shrouded in a bit of mystery, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So they, they can just do what they want <laughs> in the shadows. Yeah. But I mean, technical director sounds like someone who would fix the lights in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? Like the Manchester United handyman from yesterday that we were talking yes. about. Slightly different, though. A bit more well, who knows? Well, I don't know, maybe. Maybe they do that as well. We don't know. But <laughs> Now I think... I'm just thinking about Pete. <laughs> yeah. With his screwdriver. You know, Pete, our technical director. That is a, that's a sorry. <laughs> Football Ramble technical director <laughs> Pete Donaldson. I think he actually is, isn't he? Technically, maybe. maybe I don't anyway. know. But it's not new, is it? I mean, you, even like Frank Arneson at Spurs, this sort of similar role. And like, but it's we, we, there's this kind of idea that oh, we don't really do that in England. And like, yeah. the, like the idea that the manager like writes up the contracts and stuff <laughs> is so so old fashioned and out of mm. date. And it's it interesting to me that these these people are becoming a bit more visible. Yeah, definitely. Also, also I think. The fact that players cost so much, particularly to Premier League clubs, not just in terms of transfer fees, but in terms of wages, you cannot let someone with a short-term a perspective as head coach slash manager, well, they're more head coaches now, to, to pick all the players. Well, yeah. I think because that... you're picking the players that are going to keep you yeah. in a job for the next six yeah, months yeah. rather than the players who are Absolutely. going to see the club through the next six years and look after its financial health. They've just got... 
It's a better business plan, isn't it? Exactly. A much better business plan. And I think that also what you do get nowadays as well is you get more head coaches rather than managers, if that makes Mm. sense. So, for example, like a Graham Potter at Brighton is the perfect example of that. And I remember when Dan Ashworth came to Brighton from the FA and Chris Hewton was the manager at the time at Brighton. And obviously, as Brighton fans, we all love Chris Hewton. He got us promoted to the Premier League for the first time ever. That's something that we will never, ever forget and are eternally grateful to, to him for. But it did feel like if we stuck with a manager of that sort who wanted to have control of everything, he wanted to make the signings, he wanted to bring in all his own players and he wanted to play a particular style of football, that we'd always be a club around that sort of area of the Premier League. How far could a manager like that take Brighton? Whereas when Dan Ashworth was appointed, I remember thinking, this is actually going to completely change the way this club is run now because yeah. of the facilities that we have and the training facilities down in Brighton are phenomenal. There's there's clearly a, a, an incredible plan there for Brighton to continue building slowly. And, and we're not expecting things overnight, but a slow build to becoming one of the biggest clubs in the country. And that's really exciting as fans. So when Dan Ashworth came in, I knew that, right, the, 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 the project with Chris Hewton was pretty much done and it was just a matter of time before they would bring in a new head coach that could work alongside someone like Dan Ashworth and a manager like Graham Potter is exactly that type of person and I think that that relationship having that in your club is actually a really exciting thing and and something that you you feel kind of safe with if that makes sense yeah I mean Potter's excellent for them but you don't feel as if Brighton's plan would go out the window if 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 you all moved on, and mm. and that's how it needs to be. There needs to be that sort of joined up thinking, and especially a club like Brighton, they're they're fighting gravity to a certain extent, mm. aren't they? Yeah. So you've got to make you've got to make the money work for you. I mean, Jim, I wanted to ask actually what you thought about. It's interesting because you look at Arsenal's recruitment this last summer, and it seems smarter as time goes on. I mean, I mean, I know people took the piss about how much they pay for. Ben White, I just, I just think. I the, think that's the, funny though the, that the people actual, took the piss out of but that. The actual, Same as Ben Chilwell cost. Yeah. It's, what, yeah. it's what players have. Yeah. It's what young English defenders cost. It's what you have to pay in mm. uh, in top half of the Premier League. That's how much players cost, isn't it? Particularly between two mm. English clubs. But I, I wanted to ask. It's interesting how they seem to have got the recruitment really right as time goes on. Particularly Tommy Yasu, a player who they've, they've played. Yeah, they've uh, players who people that maybe were not the names to sort of set heart, people's hearts on fire, but the players they needed definitely, which is, is, is become clear. And yet it's happened since they've kind of dismantled their recruitment department to yeah. a certain extent. And, and, and you have Edu and actually Arteta is a, the manager, isn't he? He's not just a head coach. Yeah, Arteta is different. more involved than, yeah. than a lot of head coaches are, but that's the plan, isn't it? The, mm. the point is that, they're trying to give him his team and back him in the long term. He's trying to get young players in so that they can all grow together. But it's interesting to me that like, so for example, I was really concerned about Watford scoring a goal at the weekend. (laughs) And Kate was like, this is based on what I'm seeing. It's not going to happen. What am I talking about? It's like, I have to remember that like Gabriel and Ben White are not Mustafi and Socrates. You get get used to it all. But it's interesting that that churn on the pitch has been reflected at the board level as well. Like Raul Sanlehi and Sven Mislintat have, have, mm. have, have, have come and gone. And it was it was a mess. There were essentially too many people pulling in slightly different directions, which meant you ended up... Um, that's perhaps how the Willian transfer happened. I, I don't know exactly who was behind that, but got a lot of transfers that were just a bit messy. The squad was a bit messy. Um, and they've essentially streamlined it. And, and it has finally, it seems to be bearing fruit. But I think it's interesting that we, you know, we take for granted that... Um, that 
you know, there is coherent thinking at board level, even at top clubs, but there isn't always because yeah, there, 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 are, there are power battles, aren't there? They're like all over yeah. the place, and you've got to get it to the to the point where actually it's functioning smoothly. And I think the changes on the pitch um, are, are an example of the changes at boardroom and how actually things are just you know going in the right direction. Uh, the only uh, difficult thing with Arsenal at the moment, struggling to sign Dusan Vlavic, aren't you? Because uh, apparently his agent won't answer Arsenal's phone calls. Yeah, What's I mean, there? so that's literally... He them. May, I mean, that's literally <laughs> as useful as me trying to sign him, isn't it? Essentially, <laughs> that ended up as the same net result. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm really encouraged by the fact that we're apparently happy to spend that much money on target a player like that. It's also a sort of stinging reminder of how we can't. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, It's so awesome, isn't yeah, it? It, uh, yeah, it is. But, you know, it's baby steps, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right, international football returns tonight. We'll talk about that after the break. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. And I'm Chloe Morgan. Join us every week on our brand new show, Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. We'll get stuck into the biggest stories in women's football every Tuesday from the latest in the WSL. Gareth Taylor said, oh, well, actually, we were playing 3-4-3 and we moved to 4-4-3-3. If you look at any of the footage, if you look at the way the players played in that first half, there were four players playing at the back. That sort of comment speaks of a manager who doesn't quite know what they're doing. To how the Lionesses are shaping up ahead of a home Euros next summer. For me, I would pick Lee Williamson. I would just go for it now. For a younger age captain, you've got some big tournaments coming up. I think a lot of players think she's got a really great mentality, gets on with a lot of people. For me, she's a born leader, and I think she will be England captain at some point. And what it's really like being a player in women's football today. From my own experiences of, of being in a situation like that, I mean, you know, when we got promoted uh, when I was with Spurs, that was phenomenal. I was, you know, first choice keeper. You know, then you go into the WSL for our first season and all I wanted to do was get WSL experience. Join us every Tuesday for Upfront. Search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app. 
Subscribe now. Football Ramble Presents is a Stack Production. Consistent, referee. Don't give them all day, man. Miss him already. Miss him already. He's gone now from Barony. Mm. What a shame. But how incredible is that achievement, by the way? 1,603 games managed in the Football League. It's quite extraordinary. It really is. Can you imagine having done that many man. days' worth of work? Wow. Uh, right, it's time for this. Show it, footballramble.com. Absolute fever dream. Chaos. Love it. Absolute chaos. <laughs> Darren's been in touch and Darren says, I heard the call from Luke on Tuesday for emailers to up their game. So I will try and address three recently mentioned topics in one email. One, the Belgian law allowing anyone to fetch your football from a neighbour's garden. Two, strange football injuries. And three, longest distance travelled for a game. Oh, this is an essay from right, Darren. It is. I like yeah. it. Come on um, then. But it's worth it. Back in the 1990s, as a fresh-faced teaching graduate, I accepted a job teaching maths in a small town in Botswana. A few of the group that went out from Britain were football fans and quickly found an expat team that played on a real grass pitch. Behind one of the goals of this pitch was a six-foot wall that joined the house of the local police commissioner who did not take kindly to us trespassing to retrieve our ball. So so much so that he purposely left police dogs in his yard when we had games on. <laughs> great, great use of resources, that. We always seem to be able to get our ball back, usually with a specially designed net on a pole or someone doing a mad dash against the dogs. Wow, that's brave. I know, right? <laughs> One day, we had an annual match against another expat team from the Diamond Mind in uh, Juaneng, I believe that's pronounced. We travelled four hours to the middle of the Kalahari Desert for the match, which was played at 2pm in 40 degree sun, and somehow we managed to win. On the return home, the first part of the football injury happened. Most cars in Botswana are known as backies, which are pickup trucks. So we had two cars making the journey with two people in each of the cabs and the rest of the team sat in the backs of the open pickup trucks. About an hour away from the home, one of the lads, full of exuberance and free beer, uh, one teammate, Paul, decided to moon us from the truck (laughs) in front. Unfortunately, he did this just as the driver accelerated, so he fell arse first out of the back of the truck, <laughs> resulting in a broken arm and leg, as well as the worst case of dra- gravel rashed butt I hope to ever see in my life. Oh my God. Our next game, Paul turned up to watch with a cast on both, arm, both arms and legs, so we, <laughs> so we sat him on the wall behind the goal. Our worst player sc- scored a worldie, and as he sat on the wall, Paul raised his good hand in celebration, overbalanced and fell backwards into the policeman's <laughs> garden. He got a bit of a savaging from the dogs before we were able to jump over and rescue him. No way. Bit of a savaging. That is incredible. I know. Three things ticked off in one email, Darren. I applaud you for that. Paul. What a story. I know. Paul, where are you now? Yeah. How are you now? If you like, do get Paul to get in touch. If you are still in touch with him, we want to know if he's okay just don't ask him to raise his hand (laughs) do you have the scars to show for it yeah that's what I want to know and if you have got the scars to show for it we don't want to see them it's a terrible place to sit to be fair I'd love to know what they all signed on the cast there would have been some choice words on there probably some bite marks in it as well Yeah, Um, (laughs) probably probably helped actually in a weird way 
Sensational email, Darren. Love that. Uh, right, keep yours coming into us as well. Show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Right, international football returns. We are in the middle of an international break and it's the final round of World Cup qualifiers. Um, out of the European lot, believe it or not, there's only two teams already qualified. Denmark and Germany. England don't play until tomorrow night. They face Albania. Uh, And Mason Mount has been ruled out, bless him, because he's had his wisdom teeth out. Now, when we spoke about this a few days ago, no one, the the, the fellow ex-footballers, Andy, who were on BT Sports Score with us, didn't Mm. seem to have any sympathy for Mason Mount. But I I was backing Mason here because it's bloody painful having anything done to your teeth, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... I, I, it's it's quite old fashioned the idea of you know if it's nothing wrong with your legs and feet yeah <laughs> you can you'll, play on you'll, you'll be fine <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah no this is this, have you ever had anything done to your teeth Jim that's bad um not not nothing necessarily to my teeth but like anything in your mouth is mm. a nightmare because yeah. you're constantly aware of it but mm. we we mentioned uh, earlier the Freddie uh, Freddie Freddie migraine Freddie Lundberg's migraines and people used to say that as well didn't they it's like oh it's a headache play on yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not a headache it's it not. is a bomb going off in your skull constantly <laughs> like you can't really even stand up like there's no there's no way you could play a football match no the video of Mason Mount speaking in the back of the car i i think it's with his mum i'm guessing mm. his mum must have driven him back because they, he obviously had to be put to sleep um, and so you sedated. Have... Sedate, he wasn't sedated. Sorry, kill him like an old dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to have Mason Mount destroyed. <laughs> but he is completely out of it. It's and brilliant. his mum speaking to him, and he what what was it that he was saying, Jim? It was quite amusing. He anyway. kept saying that the, she was like, "What did you think of the uh, the dentist?" And he's like, "Yeah, they're the goats." <laughs> the, uh, yeah. He was saying, "If someone punched me right now, I wouldn't be able to feel it." <laughs> yeah. And he's slurring the whole time. It's so funny. Dribble coming out of his mouth. It's it happens, isn't that. it, Jules? It happens. <laughs> it does happen. Do we perhaps have any, you know, any any evidence of it happening right, to anyone okay. in this room? Fine. I have been in a very similar situation, which is probably why I have so much sympathy for Mason Mount. Um, I had to have a tooth pulled out last year, smack bang in the middle of COVID. It was absolutely terrifying. Um, and I was filmed in the car on the way home and it sounded a bit like this. I don't know where I am. <laughs> I don't know what these things are on my mouth. I think I'm cribbling. You are a little bit. Oh, I was in the middle of a dream about balloons. Really? Like some big balloons. Oh, I love balloons. Colourful ones. Yeah. Ryan Giggs was there. <laughs> Sedated dream. Do you remember the fever dream at all? Um, no, just that there was loads of colourful balloons and Ryan Giggs was there. Scary. It's weird. It's the weirdest thing because I don't remember any of that. Really? No recollection of it whatsoever. I just woke up and actually, I remember waking up after that and uh, on the sofa and. The next day, I looked at my phone. I went to text my best mate to say, oh, God, yesterday was awful. Mm. And I'd had a full conversation with her already the day before, and I don't remember any of it. Wow. <laughs> I've changed my mind. I think Mason Mount should play against Albania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Get him to do the post-match for sure. 
free oh, roll. I that think. would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, get well soon, Mason. I'm sure you'll be all right soon. I'm, like, thing is, he's going to be on this horrible diet at the moment of not being able to eat any food properly. So he's going to be on a soup diet, uh, which actually brings me on quite nicely to Emil Smith Rowe, who has been called up to the England squad. Yay! Yay. Happy for him. Um, really lovely story. He was he was really emotional about it, and he spoke really nicely about how he told his mum about the news when he got the phone call. And he's just a nice lad, isn't he, Jim? He is. um, but he said the secret to his development is actually been cutting out Nando's and chocolate from his diet. Uh, he also said, I didn't used to eat that well. Before games, I wasn't that hydrated. Uh, they're strict to Arsenal, but I didn't really listen, to be honest. I think that's where I went wrong. But now I'm listening all the time. The club have sorted me out a chef. I didn't used to like fish, but now I'm into it. Salmon and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so he eats a bit of salmon. He doesn't eat Nando's anymore. And he doesn't have chocolate. Jules, imagine signing a massive contract and then not being able to spend it on Nando's. I'd say, yeah. fuck off, I'm eating it's, Nando's. That's, yeah. that's it's, awful. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's I need good. me some lemon and herb in my life. Actually, last time I had Nando's was, was with you, Jules. Was it was it? a tactical Nando's and it How? sorted us right out. You've I mean, not had Nando's for I don't, that long? Yeah, I don't think I have, <gasps> actually. Jim, yeah, that was I need ages to get on ago. That. You're right. Get yourself yeah. involved. Get them chicken thighs down, yeah. <laughs> this goes back to what we were saying about the Arsenal board and like the actual infrastructure of the club being a bit more effective now because apparently now the players listen. So <laughs> that's surprising to me that that's a new thing. It's, it's like, we don't necessarily listen. Never used to listen. <laughs> what, what, Never used what, to listen. What he was saying about two things. What, firstly, what he was saying about hydration. When you go to the uh, Paris Saint-Germain training ground, they have a little sort of colour chart um, on the wall of the toilet. So, uh, like what, oh, stop it. What colour is my piss and what do I need to drink next? No way. It's, it's quite it's quite helpful. I was hoping Serious? you were going to say they'd have like big water bottles like in Hampstead. Yeah, Page, I thought you... Like around the, I thought you, I, you know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say that on entry, all of them had to like down a bottle of water or something, yeah. like make them drink some water on them. There you go. There's a Mountain Dew. No, 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 in, knock, yeah. knock yourself out. Oh, so that... Oh, no. The, the, the other thing I was, I was going to say... I, th- I think every player should have a chef. I thought it was interesting when Aidan McGeady went to went to Moscow. Um, the club provided Spartak provided him with two chefs, two personal chefs. Ooh, I always I always wondered how that worked. I, I don't know if it's like, like for, you know, one for chopping, one for cooking, yeah, well, one for thought, one for protein, one for vegetables. To practice your mind yeah. games. Do you know, like <laughs> what, what are they, like you know setting them off against each other? Yeah. It's strange. Yeah, it's a bit, bit That's sort of cook off. Yeah, in yeah. your front room. Yeah, your yeah. own bake off. Why not? Why not? Um, also, Antonio Conte's done what uh, lots of new managers do when they come to a club and they change things to do with nutrition. He's he's done it, boys. He's banned ketchup. We were waiting for this. It was going to happen, yeah. and another manager has come in and decided, nope, you're not having ketchup or mayo, he said after uh, the Vitesse game last Thursday that that is the last time he ever wanted to see overweight players. I'm fascinated by club canteens because that's what often what they're referring to in these things. Isn't it? Yes. When like banned ketchup and, and mayo and stuff like that. It's, from, it's often from the, the club canteens themselves. It's, it's like, why, why is it there in the first yeah, place? Like yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? In 2021, I mean, I'm a huge admirer of Antonio Conte. But if we're thinking the innovative steps he's made has been saying, ketchup's not that good know, for you. Yeah. And nor's mayo. Not just that. Not just that. No butter, no oil and no post-training sarnies either. Sandwiches. I mean, come yeah. on. What's wrong with a sarnie? You can have a healthy sarnie, can't you? Can you? Yeah. I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think you can if you're a Premier League footballer. Depends making it. Um, and he said he wants the players to eat more fruit. I mean... Who needs to lose weight it's like at a Tottenham? a doctor talking to a child. <laughs> <laughs> It's so basic, isn't it? Yeah. 
So basic. It's, can't even be that. Can't be that hard. This uh, football to, lark. To be fair, I couldn't. I couldn't stick to any kind of diet. No, if that's I tried. true. Actually. So yeah, maybe it. Maybe it does need a, a someone to do that job. Um. Well, the Italian press and I, I guess the Italian media haven't um, taken too lightly to Antonio Conte moving to London. Mm. Um, there's an Italian comedy show uh, called La Len, I think is probably how it's pronounced. Um, and the comedian on it, Stefano Corti, actually came all the way to London to doorstep Conte for his show. Uh, I believe it's already aired or it's going to be aired. But basically, he was taking the piss out of him, Jim, for, for leaving... Inter and taking that big payout and then going to Spurs and taking a lot of money on that contract as well. Yeah, it's really he gave him a Salvador Dali mask from from Money Heist. I think the the <laughs> like essentially it's like the it's like ah this is a reference to money. You got a lot of money. It's not the best doorstepping, is it? But it's it's interesting to me that it's like it, I don't know a lot about Italian comedy, but it seems to have entered its Dennis Penis phase. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange. It's a, it's a, it's that a this long, is still a thing that happens. It's a long trip for such a dry joke. It is, and Conte's Very. response was amazing. Like his, his actual words, we've got it here. It's like, yeah, but come on, it's not like that. If you do a good job, it is only right that you do well. I work at the top, so what they pay me is fair. It's like yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. fair enough. It's a bit. Of, it's a bit of a damp punchline as you say isn't it for such a for such a long trip well there, there was that, hey that... he's re- revolutionised nutrition true he's true you're right payer, guys. yeah he's earned his money give him the big dollar every yeah. euro slash pound <laughs> it, it's, it's a bit like the time in the Paris Saint-Germain dressing room where some giggling Paris Saint-Germain players presented Mbappe with like a, a an LV box um, and he, he had to undo the bow and he was opening it and inside was a Donatello mask from the Ninja Turtles because they think he looks a bit like Donatello from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> right. And um, Mad, like, like, but they they were like rolling about the floor laughing, and they were filming his reaction, and it was the dictionary definition of polite smile. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, no. I don't want to seem like a bad sport, but. You lot are half-wits. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awkward. Um, <laughs> right, let's talk about some of the football that's on tonight. Greece versus Spain. Spain are two points behind Sweden in their group. That's Group B, despite their Nations League heroics. And Luis Enrique has finally called up a Real Madrid player. It's been <gasps> 235 days. Congratulations, Danny Carvajal. Well, that's, made the, it. that's the thing. It's, it's, it's not Sergio Ramos. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. be looking into his current issues on uh, OTC on Football Ramble Presents uh, a, a bit later. But as, as you say, yeah, Spain um, still got a seal qualification. I'm yeah. sure they will. But, yeah. um, Marcus Alonso didn't make the team, though, which is uh, quite curious because he's been rather good for Chelsea. Yeah. Enrique said he's earned it. I have to admit that this is the most unfair I think I've ever been to a player. So why hasn't he called him up? It's interesting, isn't it? It's not like, oh yeah, we just got a lot of competition for players. It's like, no, I've just been a, I've just been a bit of a dick to him actually. Yeah, I feel just... bad about that now. <laughs> yeah, now I regret it. Um, also tonight, Romania versus Iceland. Um, incredibly, Romania have called up a fifth 15-year-old to the squad, to the senior squad. He's called Ennis Sally. So look out for him. He was born in 2006 when guess what was number one in the charts in the UK? Thunder in My Heart Again by <laughs> Mech and Leo Sayer. I actually um, had a little listen to that before we yeah. recorded. Good tune. Yeah, it's not that long ago, is it? No, not that long at all. 15 years. 15. Have Amazing. 50, I mean, when I was 15... <laughs> I would not be suitable for, to play for any international team. I was doing Although, a lot of road Although, things. Were you, were you, was that sort of your tennis tournament years or were you a bit actually, older than was. that? Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. I was doing all right. Sporting peak, some yeah. might say. <laughs> yeah, well, was, um, it went all downhill after that. But you won a tennis tournament and Sean Paul presented the trophy <laughs> and <laughs> some actual sports people don't get career highs <laughs> as good as that. Oh, mate. But many like, journeymen footballers don't get near that. So, you yeah. know. 
I met Sean Paul, so I win. Well, don't you think they should do that for like the Papa John's Trophy or <laughs> like the Carabao yeah. Cup? Get Sean Paul to present <laughs> it this year. It would make it far more interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, well, look, it is the international break. We'll be talking a bit more about the England game tomorrow and who can play. Um, but whatever your plans are this weekend, hopefully they're better than Thomas Tuchel's. This sounds so Monday. I, you know what I do love about Thomas Tuchel, though, is he was asked the question in the press conference, what are you going to do during the international break? And he fully answered it. Like yeah. he fully told us his entire day diary. This is what he's going to do, guys, just in case you wanted to know. He said, I'll drive my kids to school in the morning and then pick them up later. I'm glad he's picking them up. Yeah. Uh, he said, in between, I'll take my dog for a walk in the forest, maybe read some books and relax. I don't think I'll watch too many videos. I'll try and switch off a little bit and then perhaps watch a little television in the evening. Mainly, I'll read books, though. Love it. It's like, it fully does detailed. he think he's been sacked? <laughs> Like it's, like it's like, yeah, just going to take a little break. I, I just wonder if, because uh, he's got this sort of technocrat reputation, mm. if you sort of like looked at his Google search like five minutes before he did the press conference, ways to appear like a human yeah. being. Yeah. I like breathing air and going to the cinema. Yeah, like Mark Zuckerberg. Hello, I am the normal man, Mark Zuckerberg. I am moving my normal arms. <laughs> um, to meta. Also, Pep Guardiola paid a visit to Poland's training camp in Catalonia. I love this. This is interesting. Uh, he said he wants to be an international manager after 2023. Could he take the Poland job? Yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah, that'd be, be good. But he's just heard someone's having a kickabout. And it, it's just training, but he just, he's got to be there. He's, he's got to see it. To, I need to be there for that. He said a mad thing this weekend. Well, I mean, he's, he says mad things constantly. But this seemed particularly funny to me. Uh, it would, essentially, there's a... There's starting to be a bit of buzz that Raheem Sterling might go to Barcelona, right? And 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 Pep said in response to someone asking him about that, if Barcelona are interested in any of our players, I'm convinced that they can get them. What? 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 It, is is that, that not a bit of I'm so happy sarcasm? I don't know. Maybe because I'm pretty much convinced that they can't get no, them. No, they can't. They can't afford any of them. Surely, unless yeah. I mean, you know, maybe there's a deal to be done and Pep's trying to grease those wheels. But it just seemed very what a weird thing very to weird. say. That's very odd, isn't it? Uh, by the way, if he does go on to be the Poland manager, Matty Cash might be um, yeah. in the squad. He's been learning the Poland national anthem on YouTube. I love that. Bless him. If England play Poland, yes. which they do uh, every possible opportunity, that I mean, Jack Grealish and Matty Cash facing off against each other. And they're like the same guy. Yeah, they are the same person. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Um, right, that's it for us today. Uh, tomorrow, the guys are going to be here to start previewing everything that's happening at the weekend. Marcus, Luke and Bish are here. Thanks to you guys for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Jim, thanks for making sure that my um, video <laughs> about Ryan Giggs <laughs> made it onto the Football Ramble. Any of, you have been waiting for that opportunity, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't think it would ever come. It's like, no. it's now or never for this. <laughs> now it's out there. Right, have a good day, guys. See ya. <laughs> 